Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. From a radio executive to a popular comedian, and having been in the radio business for decades now, not that many funny radio executives. So we're going to find out maybe that's why he's no longer a radio executive. It's a great comedian, Byron Kennedy. He's going to be at the Vegas Comedy Festival with his own Nash Vegas. And then he's headed down to Laughlin for Wednesday, October 11th through Sunday, October 15th. It's Byron Kennedy Comedy at the Edge, that's in the Edgewater Hotel. That might be a fun one to go to. Laughlin can be fun, and to have a great actual entertainment act to see there makes it even better. Well, Byron, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. I just want to ask you, first off, how do you go from a radio exec? Because like I say, I knew a few that were funny, but most weren't. How did you do that to go to become a comedian? <laughs> yeah, I think most executives in any industry uh, probably aren't all that funny from what I can tell. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I think uh, I just got so tired of being in meetings. And, uh, you know, meetings make me insane, and that's why I couldn't handle being an uh, executive. But, uh, you know, I would practice my comedy in the, in the conference room, you know, try to get the table, <laughs> yeah. table laughing, you know. Is, is it one of those things, Byron, where, you, you know, you just you don't think about being a comedian when you're first going to get into business. You're going to go make some money and so forth. And then you get into it and go, like you say, I hate these meetings. <laughs> oh, they're rough. Yeah, you know, that's what I always wanted to do. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't really have the courage to do comedy for a lot of years. It just seemed uh, terrifying to me. But, you know, in the back of my mind, it was always the dream, the goal. But um, I went into radio and... Uh, you know, I felt like I could entertain people on the radio, and, you know, that would be a little safer, maybe. Yeah, see, and they're coming to get you right now. I can hear them in the background. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's uh, the PC police. <laughs> Speaking of PC and so forth, uh, you were actually called, I love this, the Leonardo da Vinci of radio by Howard Stern, and it was involved with a promotion where you got the idea to take a, a new type of format and, and you, Stern, because that's the big appeal to it anyway. How did that all come about? Well, you know, that was back, oh, man, a long time ago. Um, but uh, I, 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 uh, I named the radio station Howard 93.7 because we really wanted to get the brand Howard out there, and we couldn't figure out how to, you know, really brand it around Stern. And I was just like, you know, this was kind of before – Radio stations were named, you know, Jack and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I, I just said, well, why don't we just call the damn station Howard 93.7? And of course, Howard loved that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it makes sense, though, because he was such a powerhouse at that time. You know, I mean, that was before the serious days. He was going out syndicating, and it was a big deal. And you want people to know 
what that number is, you know, that you can hear Howard Stern, because if you get people listening to him, the rest of the format is going to come, uh, at least get the attention you want. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's really funny. You pretty much said exactly what he said when he was talking <laughs> about it on the air. He basically said all of that right there, you know. Uh, you know, he, he was such a high-profile uh, name that you just, you had to you had to brand the entire station around him, really. With him, you hear him there. Were you ever thinking at first your comedy could be just on the radio, kind of like what he did and try to build out there? Or did you, you sound like one of those guys that would really appreciate people laughing, that laughter builds into you when you're on the stage? Yeah, you know, I did think I could make a career out of it uh, on strictly on the radio, which I tried to do. Um, but morning radio, uh, you know, is just, as I'm sure you know, is a grind, and it's like, it's brutal. And if you want to entertain, for the most part, you got to be on the morning show, right? And right. getting up at uh, four o'clock in the morning is just doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> no, it's awful. And and the hard part of that too is you want to do something different, but you're so, at least you were back then, you were so restricted of what you could say, right? That you really couldn't try anything and be edgy because, you know, you got to follow that format. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Terrestrial radio uh, is very difficult, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not the cleanest comic in the world. So, uh, it was de definitely hard for me to live inside the confines of, of the FCC, you know. Makes sense. Well, I was reading about you, and one thing just jumped out at me, because I'm just like you. I love Sam Kinison. I mean, I thought there, there was a guy that was different, and you did the same thing I did. You got that first record, and you kept playing it over and over. Uh, did, did that just call to you? Because he was so different at the time. Oh, man, Right. He was, he, he, you know, and still is like to this day, there's really no one has come along with that, that style that he had, you know, that, that, that preacher, uh, and that scream that, uh, you know, and, and it was a lot of the stuff he was doing was so taboo back then. He was the first comic I ever heard, uh, making, uh, jokes about the Bible and, and jokes about religion. And, um, it just was like, wow, really, you know? You know what I thought was funny about that is, and that always struck me too, and yet religious people kind of understood him because that's what he did beforehand, and he always had, a, even when he was doing that thing, I remember he was talking about God getting even with him and you know cutting his heart out. You think that's funny now, you know? And I, I think there was just a certain respect, and people picked up on it as opposed to just I hate religion, which some people do on, on stage now. Right. Yeah, and it didn't feel like blasphemy. It it wasn't, uh, you know, it it was uh, just done in a way that makes you think. And you know, I I've I've dabbled in writing about uh, religion and the Bible, and and the inspiration for that is um, Sam. And um, you know, I've written some of my favorites. You know, I, I have a, a a bit on my special that's coming out about how I believe that God hates people. And uh, it's kind of turned into my signature bit that everybody that's gotten like the most attention from people, um, they just love it. And, uh, you know, that, that type of writing and that subject definitely uh, comes from, from Sam. Well, yeah, I, I always remember his bit about, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, you know he wasn't married because they'd never let him hang out with 12 guys. And everybody can appreciate that. And be gone that. all weekend. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's talk about what they're going to see when they see you, because you're a really funny guy, uh, and a lot of your stuff is observational, right? We, you know, you you like to comment on things. Very much so. Very observational. A lot of storytelling uh, about the crazy things that happened to me in my life, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, the observational humor I think is is my favorite because. You know, you wake up every day and the world just gives you an endless amount of, of fodder, you know? Yeah. So if you're paying attention, man, it's it's everywhere. And that, you know, and, and most of your experiences are experiences other people are having throughout their day. So it makes it just very relatable. Yeah, and it, it seems like you can evolve as a comedian with that because you always have something new. You know, material is constantly being written for you as opposed to somebody who gets a real funny bit. But, you know, like they used to do, you know, it's even some of that great Bob Newhart stuff. Well, once you saw the bit, you saw it, you know. Right, right. And, and as opposed to just joke telling, you know, some comics are really good at just joke after joke after joke. But, you know, that's just a different style. It's not my style. Uh, it's a very difficult style. Some are really good at it. Um, but, you know, I think an interesting story can, can go a long way if, you, if you're telling it the right way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, when you do that now, everybody talks about stuff that's woke and all that kind of thing. Are you kind of careful how you do that, or do you, or do you uh, try to like this is my side to look at, or is it kind of one of those things where you try to look at all sides? How does that go? Yeah, I try. I, you know, it's it's just it's gotten so out of control. You know, it's like you're not going to make it through a show without offending somebody. So if you if you approach your writing and your storytelling and your stage time to you know, not if you approach it from the angle of let's not offend anybody, you're not you're not going to do much because it's it's unavoidable. But you definitely there are certain subjects uh, where you you can feel half the room evaporate immediately, and it's it's yeah. it's wild. You know, like I I have some jokes about uh, President Biden, and they're not even political. They're about you know how old he is and how right. lost he is. You know what I mean? And it's about the person being a little too old, but I mean, you just, you feel half the room like, Oh God, you know, you know, he's making fun of our, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, it really is. I mean, I remember Dana Carvey at one time went up to, he did a real funny bit about, uh, George Bush Sr., and uh, he found it funny. And in those days, a lot of these, Bob Hope used to do stuff and all that, and people found it, you know, the, the person that was uh, they were talking about kind of found it funny. So do you, do you find that some comedians, and this is something that drives me crazy, are there, they're trying to get the easy hand clap, whatever that is. They go after somebody, you know, and depending on where you're at, you can figure out what the crowd wants. And it's just to get them to applaud. And it's like, you're not trying to make anybody laugh. You're just trying to make them applaud. Well, that isn't comedy. Right. No, it's not. It's not. And, uh, you know, but you're right. Some people just want to feel comfortable up there. I actually like feeling a little uncomfortable now. But I think, you know, you, you that comes with time. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and, and I like to push the, the audience to to think a certain way uh, that maybe they, you know, think about things from an angle they maybe haven't before. And, you know, for instance, like the God bit that I do, I, I can tell that it makes some people uncomfortable, uh, but that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 like, I like the whole range of emotion that you can get. It's not all about, you know, obviously you're there to entertain and you want some laughs, but... 
it's you know it's it's some of it can can just be interesting if you're doing it right you know well, yeah, you know, and Bob Newhart used to say that sometimes he could hear the air conditioner going, you know, where just the joke just dies, and you could just hear the air conditioning. He goes, but in a weird sort of way, there's a certain comfort to that because that just okay, got to work on this. And do you find even like with your bits, yeah, okay, and and there's an ebb and flow, right? To they can't all be hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. You kind of probably want to have a thing where you, you're keeping people into it, and, and every now and then some hilarious bit hits instead of like trying to get them all at once, and then all of a sudden you hit a slow spot and it draw, it dies out. Well, you know, a lot of comics are very afraid of silence, and and Dave Chappelle said, you know, the magic is in the silence. But it's hard to get used to that silence, and it is scary at first, and you know sometimes. You know, but you can try too hard to just, you know, constantly have lap, 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 lap. Like, you know, you, you can tell. There's a difference between when you've lost the room and when it's silence because they're listening. As long as they're still with you, the silence is great. You know what I mean? They're, they're letting you set up the next story, set up the next bit, set up the next laugh. So you, you can tell when you've lost them and when they're just listening. Like Chris Rock, he, I love what he said. He said... You know, uh, I was watching an interview with him, and he said, you know, a lot of comics just want laugh, 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 laugh. He said, I like laugh, laugh, boo, laugh. <laughs> oh, my God, did he really say that? Laugh, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, it's the whole range of of emotions and and that you're taking people on a journey, you know. And if they're coming with you, that's great. More in a moment with comedian Byron Kennedy, who will appear Wednesday, October 11th through Sunday, October 15th at the Edgewater in Laughlin, Nevada. This is Vegas Never Sleeps. Hi, I'm Gordy Brown, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. That's 800-284-1349. Attention, timeshare owners. Call the timeshare exit hotline now. We can help you legally get out of your expensive timeshare contract. If you're fed up with the maintenance fees, learn how you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently. Call right now for your free consultation. 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. 
Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-483-7217. 800 7217 That's 800-483-7217. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking with comedian Byron Kennedy, who's appearing Wednesday, October 11th through Sunday, October 15th at the Edgewater in Laughlin, Nevada. Well, Byron, you know, let's talk for a second about the mechanics of this. So you go out every time you play, do you record it? Do you listen to it? Do you, and is it one of those things where maybe there's a figure you use? Ah, the figure needs to be higher or lower because just sometimes that makes it funnier for whatever reason. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, I don't think people realize when, when a comic has a great bit, a really funny joke that's got several, you know, tags, funny tags and pieces inside the bit. Um, you know, that bit was probably worked on 20 times and probably failed the first five. It didn't go anywhere. So yeah, I record everything. I can't stand watching myself back, to be honest. It's just part of the, the work though, that you, you, you have to do. But it's crazy. You'll have an idea in a bit. You'll watch it back and just realize that one word, one phrasing, uh, you change, and it, all of a sudden it works. One pause, and then you start getting the bit going, right? And then maybe the third or fourth time you forget to do that pause or, or do it in that perfect sequence, and then you, you, the bit doesn't work again. It's just it's such a crazy, there's just really a science to it all that is just it, it, it's mind blowing a little bit. You know, Jerry Seinfeld said comedy's a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of true. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. You know, I, I know myself, I'm like you. I don't like listening back to myself. It bothers me. But, you know, you have to edit these things and you go back and what have you. And I, and I listen sometimes. And one thing I find is sometimes, wow, I have a great interview with somebody. I play it back. Eh, it wasn't that great. And other times it's exactly <laughs> the opposite. Where Is uh, that going to be the case on this? <laughs> nope. This this sounds great and I think it's going to be great. But, uh, no, you know, it's a funny thing. That sometimes where you think, oh, that was kind of crummy. Oh, God. Then you listen back to it. Not so bad. It's actually pretty good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thing here, and it's just one of those things. If you didn't listen back to it, even though we hated, it, it's part of the work. Part of the work. Yep. <laughs> Got to watch it back. I, I uh, truly can't stand it. Um, <laughs> but it's especially when it's not going well. You know what I mean? And and that's that's why it's writing new material is so hard because once you can headline and you can go up there and you can deliver 50 60 70 minutes right yeah and 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 you have that set and you know it works you know every bit in there works and now you got to take one out and put a new one in that doesn't and <laughs> and the ego doesn't want that the ego wants to stand up there and be winning the entire time but the work requires that you go up there and do one that's probably not not going to get the laughs so 
Well, what makes me laugh is thinking you were an executive. Some friends tell you to go up on an open mic thing. You do that. What if that's like jumping in the water with, you know, you don't, you're not putting a toe in, you're jumping in. But then it had to be an adjustment because what you do, they go, wow, okay, that went pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. They're laughing. This is wonderful. Now you got to figure out the work part, right, to sharpen it because it's not enough yep. just to be funny. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and, and to be honest, it didn't go well my first time at all. Uh, it was terrible. But there was one little moment in there where I got just enough of a laugh that I could hear it from a few people. And that's all it took for me. Um, uh and open mics are absolutely brutal. I think they they probably break the back of a lot of aspiring comics, unfortunately. Well, yeah, you don't know what's been lost. On the other hand, though, like you said, you always have to have a thick skin. You're gonna have you're gonna have shows that just don't work. Sometimes, can you like hear the audience go, "Oh, they just for whatever reason they're not coming in in the right mood." Oh, absolutely. You know, look, it's like. Um, the law of averages, you know, you're never immune to having a bad night. I don't care what level you're on. Any comic at any level will tell you that. Um, and, you know, sometimes you you get a room where everyone in that room gets you, likes you, they understand, like they, you're, they're like-minded, and you just destroy, right? Yeah. And then sometimes it's a split room, and, and you still have a, you know, maybe the majority of the room with you, and you're having a good time, but you may be, you know, with the same material, it didn't destroy like it did the night before. But then every once in a while, for whatever reason, you're going to get an entire room of people that don't get you or like you at all. And you're you're in for a very long, rough uh, hour at that point. <laughs> you better just <laughs> yeah. buckle your chin strap, put in your mouthpiece, and settle in because it's going to be the longest hour of your life. When those hours come, do you ever find, okay, i got to pull something out that I haven't used for a while but I know works, or is it just one of those things, no, nope, we got to just go through and uh, it's like some football team getting, uh, you're getting beat, but you got to finish the score. you got to finish till the well, clock goes out. Yes, well, now, you know, it, when, when it first starts out, when, you know, like the first time it happened to me, I wasn't equipped to deal with it, and I wasn't, uh, you know, you, what you, what happens is you panic, right? And and you immediately you you realize, okay, this isn't going well. Uh, I got to switch it up, right? And so you go to the best material you have immediately because you got like, okay, I got to win them over, right? And then you burn through that <laughs> in in record time because it's not going well. Uh, you know, a, a, an hour of material can turn into thirty five minutes if it's not going well. Because you're just searching for anything, right? Yeah. So yeah. the worst feeling in the world is when you now have realized that, okay, I just burnt through my best 20 minutes and got nothing. And now I have another 25 minutes to stand up here with shit that, uh, you know. Yeah, with, right. With material <laughs> that, that I know <laughs> is not near as good as what I just did. Now you're really in trouble. So... First of all, people have to know they're not going to have to worry about this. Byron Kennedy is a very funny guy. You're going to love him. Let's tell them where they can find out more about you and where tours that are coming. Because you're going all over the country, right? I am. Yeah, I don't have a lot on the books uh, for the rest of this year because I have a special coming out. And I'm coming to Vegas uh, to world premiere that. 
And we're excited uh, about so that. So yeah, yeah, but I I'll I'll be in uh, I'll be in Laughlin. I'm doing the comedy festival. But yeah, my website, uh byronkennedy.com, uh or Byron Kennedy Comedy. Sorry, byronkennedycomedy.com. I'm Byron Kennedy Comedy on uh, all social platforms. And uh yeah, I'm uh I've been touring all year and uh now I'm going to I got Laughlin and Omaha, Nebraska and then uh Probably will chill out for November, December, and then start back up again in January. Well, we will find out where you are at that time because we're all going to go to your website. We'll follow you on social media, and hopefully we can have you on again. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for being with us today, Byron. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Had a good time. Please follow Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, including X, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Do you have a car sitting around you want to get rid of? Then here's a great idea. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Yes, one fast call to the Veteran Car Donation Program and we'll come and remove your car for free. Fast, free towing, and 24-hour response. You can donate most cars, trucks, or SUVs in most conditions. The proceeds raised goes to help active military, veterans, and their families. And you get a tax deduction. All you need to do is make this free call. Get rid of that old car and help the vets. We make it easy. Make this free call now and book your fast and easy pickup. Call the Veteran Donation Program now. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Operators are standing by. Here's the number. 800-932-1176. That's 800-932-1176. Holy gentle giants dog food, Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from the Batman TV series. I was the caped crusader, and now I'm the canine crusader. After rescuing and feeding 15,500 dogs for 23 years, my wife and I created a natural, low-fat, heart-healthy, made-in-America dog food and special feeding and care program designed to help all dogs live amazingly longer, healthier, happier lives. Our dogs are living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Yours can too. That's twice their normal lifespan and triple for some breeds. Would you like your dog to live as long as 27 years and still be active and healthy? Gentle Giants Dog Food is complete nutrition for all dogs and puppies, all ages and sizes, and is different from other dog foods without the greasy coating and high fat content that can shorten your dog's life. Try our Gentle Giants life-enhancing dog food for the longer, healthier, happier life of your dog.